Hey, this is Emily. I'm Jeff. And I'm Johnny. And you're listening to the More Than Music podcast. Today's episode is a continuation of our Ampersand Moment series. So this month we released our third song of the year, and that song is called Friends, and it was written all around a season of loneliness. And so today's episode is dedicated strictly to understanding what it means to walk through a season of loneliness, as well as what is God calling us into when we find ourselves in those places. I'm really excited for today's episode. we got to invite a friend of ours who we met a few years ago on an indie artist retreat. And she has, in my opinion, just been such a strong and steady voice of what it means to come to terms with the fact that we may be feeling lonely. And then what are the tools that we need to fight against it? Her name is Savannah Locke. Um, She's also an incredible singer and songwriter. And I just think that she has a lot to offer to this conversation. So If you are finding yourself in a season of loneliness, then this episode is for you, and I think you're really going to walk away with um, a lot of insight as well as feeling understood and feeling like there are other people in the same boat as you. That's really our heart. Um, Before we jump into the podcast, I just want to remind you, if you have been enjoying it, please leave a review. It helps us so, so, so much. Um, yeah, we want to make sure that this podcast gets into the right hands and the right ears. So your uh, review will help us do that. But with that, let's jump into today's episode. All right, today on our podcast, we are actually in Nashville, Tennessee. And that is perfect because our guest lives here in Nashville, Tennessee. We travel I, places to go and do podcasts now. No, we're here recording. Oh, um, this podcast is legit. If you yeah, didn't know that already. All the way here for this podcast. They're actually paying me. Yeah, oh. five million dollars to be here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's how rich we are. To uh, we actually were at an event. This is a sidetrack. What? what? No, I was gonna say we were actually at an event we're going recently. Down that hole. We were actually were at an event recently, and this girl, Jasmine, if you're listening to this, uh, oh, yeah. she's probably like 13, and she walks up to our table and just says, "You guys are rich, huh?" And I, we were like, "No," and she's like, "But you're on YouTube." And I said, "Girl, you have so much to learn about the world. Like, you can be on YouTube." So then I asked her, "What is rich?" And she said, I don't know, $100? And I said, oh, okay, yeah, then I guess I oh, We're all rich. <laughs> we're all rich. I do I guess, have that. I guess in your mind, then yeah, I guess I am. Um, anyway, going back. So we have Savannah Locke on the podcast today, and she is a super talented writer, both of songs and of stories. And um, we met her in 2016? It was 16. Yeah. Um, oh, you remember because that's the year you got married. So you prob- married. It's probably like the cemented in your mind. Right? Yeah. I don't even remember my own birthday, but yeah. it's fine. You remember that. <laughs> um, at an artist retreat up in Washington. And um, I've just kind of been able to watch from a distance, obviously, because we don't live near each other, how she's really embraced who she is through her art. And when we thought of the conversation of loneliness, uh, she came to mind, not because she's lonely, but because she speaks into people's loneliness in such a profound and beautiful way. Um, I'm assuming she has been. Oh, yeah. Point. I'm not going to say. Oh, you guys met me in my loneliest season. <laughs> <laughs> like when we met each other, I was like in the grid of it all. 
So yes, <laughs> yes, I have been lonely, but it was funny when you were like, we're doing this podcast about loneliness and you were the first person that came to mind. I was like, that has such a good side and such a shadow side. No, 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 it's I know, a that good was thing. Pretty much any time that there's a, if we want to call them negative seasons that we're talking about this year, mm-hmm. I always had to be careful to be like, oh, you're the one that's like really had a hard time. Like, yes. we'll bring you on for we this one. Hit, yes. We couldn't I hit this it. topic on our own, so we needed help. Yes. <laughs> um, but Savannah, why don't you um, introduce yourself to our listening audience? Tell yourself, tell them a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, and then we'll go from there. Perfect. Well, I am from Nashville and I write like you said music and songs and I write on my Instagram like little blogs I haven't quite figured out what to say about that like how I would call that I write on Instagram you're a micro blogger I will micro blogger that's what we call them I love that okay yeah I do like that I really am not into the word influencer for some reason oh it's okay I hate the word too so I just kind of I'm moving past that as we are moving past things together right now. Um, Yeah, I live in Nashville with my husband, my four-pound poodle. She's the best. I also manage a holistic doctor's office. And so we do all-natural medicine, and I kind of manage all of our practitioners there. So we have acupuncturists, holistic estheticians, all the hippie stuff. I love it. It's very L.A. Yeah, it is very L.A. We We're ahead of our time. Is. We feel at home here mm-hmm. because of that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because You've of my been? doctor's office. Well, I follow it on Instagram. So oh, okay. here's the thing. This is what this whole conversation is going to come I down to. I run her Instagram. If something happens on Instagram, then it, it's like it really happened to you. So. Uh-huh. Nothing means home like acupuncture. It's so true. <laughs> is that weird to me? But I actually agree. Put it above my fireplace. Truth right there. <laughs> you don't know who you really are until you get needles stuck in your yeah. back. Which I That's did one time, right there. and it's weird. Yeah, but it I is. was, I was about it. It releases the tension for sure. I think in a good way. But anyways, that is yeah, a bunny side trail. Note, <laughs> side note. Side note. Um, okay, so my first question for you to kind of start off this conversation, um, you know, as we thought about this season, seasons of loneliness, and what that means for our current culture social media has like been such a huge part of that for us. And really not even specifically Instagram. You could even go back and just say TV, mm-hmm. you know, like just media in general mm-hmm. has, not that loneliness didn't exist before because it definitely did, but it's like heightened it mm-hmm. in our culture for various reasons um, that we'll kind of probably get into today. But mm-hmm. um, kind of as a foundational question, and you can answer as much as you want or as little as you want, but you're like a pretty open book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so what has happened in your life that has caused you to acknowledge loneliness mm. for what it is? Because I think that's sometimes the biggest issue is people don't. They might be lonely, but they don't want to acknowledge that they are. Yeah, feels um, like like weakness, failure. Right, it feels totally weak. Um, and then, yeah, what has happened for you to acknowledge it and then to want to fight against it? That's a great question. These questions were clearly not fed to me beforehand. Yeah, we had to keep it on the spot. We had to keep it on the spot. So I think, I mean, growing up, I had five, I'm one of five kids. Mm -hmm. So I was always surrounded by people and I was always pretty social. And so growing up, I was definitely an odd bird, but I didn't ever feel alone because there were always people in my house. I had a huge family. Then I go to school and I had always had groups of friends that I ended up 
kind of finding my niche with. And I don't think I really experienced true loneliness until probably 2016 when I met you. Hmm. Or at least I didn't acknowledge it. I'm sure that I had lonely spells, but I'd never had a lonely season. And when Todd and I got married, I moved to where he was living in Atlanta. Um, And at that point, he was part of this really big church, and he was touring with their band. And I left everything that I knew to be with him. And we met and got married in eight months. So it was this very quick turnaround where I had all of my friends, all of my family, all of my church community, everything. I was so comfortable in Nashville where I would walk into coffee shops and just know everyone there. It because I was here for I've been here since I was 11 and it was so familiar to me that I never really didn't have like a Friday night that I like didn't have anything to do mm-hmm. and I was just so used to having people that when I moved to Atlanta to zero people, I had no friends. I didn't know anything about their Todd's church community and at that point come to find out like he wasn't really fitting in with his church community either. And so I moved into this space of like wilderness Mm -hmm. of we were not fitting in as a married couple or jiving with kind of the mission of this place. It just wasn't for us. And I um, would go six or seven days when Todd was on tour. I had no friends. So Mm -hmm. I would just be in the house by myself for six or seven days. Mm -hmm. And the, this is kind of funny. So there was this salvage shop down the street from our house in Atlanta and it was owned by this guy named Billy. He had a glass eye. I freaking love this guy. <laughs> Am I allowed to say freaking? Okay. You can. <laughs> you can edit that out. Um, anyways, there was this guy named Billy who owned a shop down the street from us. It was a salvage shop. And he had a glass eye. He had really long, stringy, gray hair. He didn't wear a shirt. And he wore jorts. <laughs> just this very quirky dude who grew up in Atlanta and just kind of has Wait, how owned- old was he? Probably in his, like, 60s. Okay, that's what I imagined. Yeah, I had to make yeah. Sure. And he was how, an older dude. How baggy were the jorts? <laughs> I can't remember. Okay. They weren't tight. I will say that. Okay. So I, I kind of befriended this guy. I would go to the salvage shop every day, and I would get these, like, random pieces of furniture, redo them, and sell them on buy, sell, trade. Like, it just kind of became this coping mechanism for me because I would mm. go days and days on end with no human interaction besides this guy, Billy. And looking back, I feel like Billy was my life ro- life. I feel like Billy was my life saver. Saver, where literally he was the one ounce of human interaction mm-hmm. I got. And he would ask how Todd's shows were going, and mm-hmm. he like wasn't a believer, like nothing. But he was just this human interaction, kind of keeping me going. And I remember feeling like um, that season, I just thought I was gonna drown in this man. Billy kept me alive. With a glass eye. Mm. With a glass eye and long gray hair. Um, And I think that that was the first season of my life where I remember coming home one day after buying like this random record player that I was going to refurbish. And I got back to our house and I sat down and I just started sobbing thinking, the only person I've talked to this week is Billy who has this glass eye and he lives down the street from me and I have no friends and like you just start to feel no one loves me. What's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And I went online and I started reading through this um, blog post that uh, Jen Hatmaker or maybe Sarah Bessie, Bessie did. And they were talking about how that feeling of loneliness is actually a good sign because it shows that we haven't lost our need for other Mm. people. That's really Mm. cool. And it was this like reframing moment for me where I thought, like, I haven't gone numb. Because yeah. I think sometimes you can be so numb where you're like, well, I just don't need anyone. then. like, mm-hmm. forget you. But I actually, God turned around and said, like, I'm keeping you 
like yeah. vulnerable and I'm keeping your heart soft and malleable and this isn't forever. And it's actually a good thing to recognize your need. For that's really cool. Yeah. That's it. That's such an interesting thought. Loneliness is such like a trigger word. It's seen it as something so negative, mm-hmm. but to think it's like part of our design to acknowledge it because we were created for community. Yeah. You know, like an indicator to cherish something. It's so true. Mm-hmm. I That's the way I visualize it is like an indicator, like going off on the dashboard of your car, like saying something's wrong here and you mm. need to, like you need to address it. Yeah. And that's somebody what- who had that your entire life, you would have never really known. Never. I never valued or appreciated community in the way that I do now because of that season that I went through. It was almost a year of just intense loneliness. And whenever Todd and I moved back to Nashville and I had friends, it was like at the end of It's a Wonderful Life mm-hmm. where he's running through the same places he had always been with the same people he had always known. And he just had this appreciation for them because he realized the gift that they were. Yeah, mm. I'm curious in that season, was your initial reaction to you know, utilize social media or, you know, connecting to people online and then that that wasn't enough? Or or were you, did you know that you needed human interaction versus human via digital? Human via digital. <laughs> no, no, you're so right. Because I feel like mine, like when I have seasons of loneliness, it's easy for me to just pick up the phone and try to like solve that really so quick. true, yeah. Because I can feel connected to people by knowing what they're doing or, you know, hearing about their lives or reading their thoughts. You know, it's almost like having a conversation if I'm reading your blog and hearing you talk about, you know, something you're passionate about or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, was was that something that you started to do or were you immediately like, I need to get out of the house and talk to somebody? I definitely think that that's a temptation for me, even now. Yeah. When I, if if Todd and I get in a fight or if there's tension between me and my friendships, it's so easy to turn to social media mm. and be like, this is going to cure. Because it feels, it, it feels so real. But at the end of the day, it's monopoly money compared to real money, you know? Yeah. Mm. So it looks the same. It feels like it might operate the same, but it's not. Yeah. It's not the same thing. So yes, I definitely think that in that season, especially at first, I tried to turn to it as a coping mechanism. But then when God reframed it for me and was like, this is actually a gift. And then when I started realizing other people feel this way, Mm -hmm. I started kind of utilizing it on the offensive side Hmm. of saying, meaning offense, not offensive, like being mean. Um, (laughs) But on the offense of saying like, I'm actually going to use this as like a a thing against what Satan's trying to do in my life. Because I don't think loneliness is like from the devil or something. It's just part of the human experience. But I think like the depression that was coming along with that and the anxiety was an attack. And so then I just thought, I'm just going to start sharing about my loneliness, even though for me, to be honest, like for my whole life, when people said that they were lonely, I thought like, you're kind of like a wimp or a loser or like go get (laughs) friends. Like that was like my judgmental side was coming out. But then now that I was in that space and I knew like there was nothing wrong with me. I was just in a new city and I didn't have any friends and everyone was so busy in that church community that we were part of that instead of having the margin to embrace me and my husband in like that new season, everyone was so overstretched. They didn't have time to be my friend. So I think that- Did you find yourself blaming them? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was not in a healthy space at all. Like, it, it definitely, the loneliness did so much good in me and definitely brought out a lot of ugly sides of me, too. 
where I think I wanted to blame instead of just recognize like I'm hurt. Mm. Yeah. But recognizing that like the social media part where my temptation would be like, oh my gosh, my new married life in Atlanta is so good. And like, I've never had <laughs> yeah. anything better. Instead, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be as honest as possible wow. and see if healing comes from this. And it did. Mm. But I still struggle with, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Going on social media and being no, like, this is going to cope. It's interesting because um, one of the one of the lines when we first started working on the song that we were, or I was trying to fit into the song, was um, someone someone was teaching a way a way back and they they said this line, um, "Let's choose to lead with our wounds instead mm-hmm. of our wins, because that's what lets wow. people in and that's how you truly connect." And it seems like you made that decision in that season, and I feel like for me, like that is, it's such a temptation, like you said, to be like, my life's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the disconnect that I'm finding with loneliness is like you were saying, you know, growing up your whole life surrounded by people, but then you hit the point where even though you're surrounded by people, you still feel lonely. Like the, you know, I think you said in your post that we were referring to earlier, um, like lonely in a crowded room. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter the amount of people because if you're sharing only one side of who you are, you know, the positive side, mm. then that doesn't let people know who you truly are. And so you're not, basically, if you only share the good things or the wins in your life, then you'll never feel truly known because you're not allowing people to know the wounds. You're only allowing like your ego side to be loved, you know, like that ego, which is like that self-protective, I have it all together side. Right. So then when you're not opening up and like kind of shoving aside your ego and letting your real self be shown, you're actually preventing yourself from being loved. Yeah. And that's really exactly what you said. That's really powerful. Yeah. It's a good realization. I I think that we threw that lyric in the first verse, the, um, the, these filtered photos Mm -hmm. because we're, you know, it's it's so tempting. Like, how how many times do we actually put a photo on and not edit it? You know, not pull out all the bad or stuff. Or even just, like, not only, like, actual editing, you know, Fiesco, whatever. But mm-hmm. even, like, having friends where we'll ask them, like, hey, it really seems like this part of your life is amazing right now. And they're like, oh, no, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, well, Instagram makes it seem like it's really great. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, that's just for Instagram. And you're just like, wait, what? Yeah. What are we making our lives into? And then realizing like, oh, you have people like that that are projecting this image, which is then misleading all these other people to make them feel like my life isn't what it needs to be. It's like we're living these two separate lives, Mm -hmm. but the true us is hidden hidden and suffering Mm -hmm. because we can't figure out why our lives don't look like that and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to, for you to read this post that you put up. I know Johnny's been trying to say something. I don't want to say it anymore. I don't want to get off of this post because I think this post it's is worth really powerful. It, nope. You're going to say whatever you want to say right after she reads this. It's probably not going to be worthwhile. Johnny, you her, are known and you are loved. You? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Yes, I love it. Um, okay, so this is a post I did in December right around Christmas time. Um, Another canary song in the holiday coal mine. Loneliness is 100% normal to feel this time of year. Always is, but certainly amplified during Christmas time. Christmas parties you aren't invited to, decorating the tree alone, scrolling through photos of perfect couple after couple, family after family, kid after kid. 
nights getting cozy with comparison, wondering why you're not married yet or able to get pregnant, or if your kids are the only ones throwing ornaments at each other because they'd rather be downstairs playing video games. Listen here, the tension is normal, lean into it. You can feel lonely in a crowded room. In fact, crowded rooms is where we often feel loneliest. Think about that, loneliness isn't healed by more people, but by meaningful relationships. Now think about social media, the ultimate crowded room. Faces of people you knew 10 years ago with their families huddled around a dinner table. More faces, your cousin's ex-boyfriend from college skiing in Colorado. Each photo can feel like a grain of salt rubbed in the wounds of loneliness. You're sitting on your couch with some cheesy movie in the background looking at glimpses of perfect lives of others. It can be awfully lonely. It can also propel us towards connection. Loneliness and her best friend, shame, can trap us in a corner, making us believe we're the only people on planet Earth carrying sadness, insecurity, or anxiety during the most wonderful time of the year. Vulnerability, on the other hand, will draw you out of the corner and into connection with others. It will help you stop scrolling through strangers' photos and instead choose to call or text or invest or watch a movie or go to dinner with real humans instead. If you feel lonely, don't numb with more of the very thing that will make you lonelier. Instead, make a list of people you can talk to. Not an Instagram famous person you love, hygiene hat maker, <laughs> but a real breathing living person you know. Then reach out. Ask if she wants to make Christmas cookies one night. Ask if they want to go to dinner. Make a real connection and watch the healing power of community in action. You're not crazy. You're normal. Now go text a friend. So good. Yeah. Johnny, do you have anything that you'd like to say? Uh, I, <laughs> here's the thing is that we legitimately moved on. Oh, okay. And so I'm totally good with not saying anything because I don't want to go back to what we were talking about. I'd rather move forward. Cool. Great. It's a healthy decision I'm making. So humble So when you, you guys had said earlier, <laughs> I'm curious to know, when you guys said it earlier that you were experiencing that, like with social media, mm -hmm. talk me through that. Yeah. So... Um, it's such a catch-22 because Jeff and I were talking about this before we got here uh, because social media is such a huge part of our lives and especially as a band um, or an artist in any way, like you use social media to connect with your fans and um, I've become really sensitive to what kind of language I will use on our social media because I don't want to mislead people because I have been a recipient of people's like unintentional, I don't know what the word I want to use is misleading, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I think especially in Christian music, it's probably been like some of the loneliest times I've had because you, maybe it's being separated in California, but you know, we're not home a lot and we have incredible friends, but the reality is, is we don't get to see them very often. Mm -hmm. um, and you enter into this industry where it feels like everybody's friends and everybody's like loving their life. And it's like so amazing. Like, oh, the show last night was so sick and it was amazing. Blah, 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 perceiving blah. that from social media. Totally. Perceiving it from social media. And it just seeming like everybody's friends with everybody. Yeah. And succeeding. And succeeding. Totally. And then you're just kind of like, cool. Like, I guess we're the only band that is struggling or feels like no one knows us or no one cares about us. Like just all of these things. And then coming to this place of, you know, I would start to project negative things onto people because 
it was like, you know, you're fake or like you're intentionally leaving us out or things like that, which just isn't true, realizing that we're all in this state of one, wanting to be known and wanting to be loved. And then with any sort of business through social media, you're also trying to like make a living. Mm -hmm. So projecting this idea of like a fun life with lots of friends is really good for business, you know? And so um, people want to feel that. Yeah. You know, but then realizing at the same time, you're you're making people feel like they're missing out on something. Totally. It's just this really weird thing. And so this song specifically was written right around a time where we were doing a bunch of festivals and I was like ready to quit because I was just like, everybody's like making friends with everybody and we're just like these new kids and I kind of feel like I could just go and nobody will care. Um and, and that's not to say that it's their responsibility to, like, seek me out or whatever. But it's just this whole thing that you create in your mind. Yeah. Really, that's what yeah, it is. You create it course. in your mind. And um, then a couple weeks later, we were um, at a camp and we had some writing time. And it was kind of just like, hey, instead of writing, you know, for the next radio single or whatever, let's just write about... Well, and that was a time of, of pressure for that too. Yeah. Like we we felt, I mean, part of the isolation is honestly feeling like we were at the bottom of the food chain. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like being the opener at a festival or like being outside of the Honda Center instead of <laughs> inside on yeah. stage. Like you could start to feel like, um, I don't know. Not good enough or not quite there. Yeah, like not not we don't we haven't figured it out like everybody else. And, and then feeling valued. I had I felt like and I had said this, like I feel like people are only gonna start giving attention. Attention as soon as we have a radio single. Like that's when people are gonna start caring about yeah. me. And really that's what I mean, our phones are. It's like people will start caring me caring about me when I have over a thousand followers and I feel I'm worth their time. Like I have really good pictures and there's a color scheme. Like that's when people are going to start caring because totally. I projected this image that I'm worth caring about. Yeah. Um, rather than caring about people just for being people. Totally. Yeah. So we like kind of left that season of festivals, you know, brainstorming like what what is that next step for us like as a band? Like is it, is radio the missing piece? Because we've, pushed a couple songs to radio, but they just didn't take off, you know? So it's kind of like, but we've, we've always known that we've never written for the radio. So it was kind of like, we were just hoping and praying that a song would accidentally do really well on the radio. Um, we still are. <laughs> yeah, still are. it was are. a bigger conversation of what are we chasing? I guess, and that, yeah. and that leads into like this whole thing of what we choose to project and what we care most about. Like, am I chasing... Are, are we chasing as a band honest human connection and transformation that can only be done by the Holy Spirit? Or am I chasing after like people to think I'm cool? Mm. Because if I'm chasing after people to think I'm cool, at the end of the day, I'm going to lay my head on the pillow and I'm going to be so alone. Mm. But if I'm chasing human connection and, you know, success might come or not, either way, whether it comes, I'm going to lay my head on my pillow and I'm going to feel like fulfilled because life is about human connection, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, it definitely sounds like as a band, you guys have been working through 
like when you were talking about the festivals and then going online and then even just like playing outside of the Honda Center, like those moments that have triggered and sparked like potential feelings of shame of thinking, are we doing the right thing? Are we good enough? And then getting online and seeing happy stories. So it's almost like the shame that was being triggered by your real life experience Mm -hmm. was only being like oil was just being thrown on the fire through social media. Yeah. Yeah which causes you to have to reconstruct Mm -hmm. where your value is coming from and where your drive is coming from. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, what is the vision that God has put on you guys for your future, regardless of anyone else's success Mm -hmm. or their vision? Yeah. Yeah, I think we, during that process, you know, we we went for it as far as like, okay, let's try to write for the radio. Mm -hmm. And we wrote a couple songs and sent them off and the feedback was generally negative. Just like, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah. It's, nope. This isn't it. Totally. <laughs> like, nope, this isn't it. And then we just kind of felt aimless. Like, mm-hmm. like you're saying, like it's kind of realigning your perspective. Like, why are we doing this? And then we were just like, screw it. <laughs> like that's not us. That's never been us. Like we just got to keep believing in what we're doing. But and this, that led us to the point. That screw it moment was us legitimately mad at each other mm. and like yeah. frustrated <laughs> talk about not. that why uh because we didn't know what we were doing we didn't know why we were going after what we we're, were just going taking after. It. and it's we like everyone else out on one another yeah it's everyone yeah. else's fault when you're not succeeding you know yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean it's like johnny's beats aren't good enough get better <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know okay <laughs> we all know that's not true uh i i mean you look at like we have different personalities in the band we have like, like some people are success driven. Some people are authenticity driven. And so, and in between. And so you have this thing where it's like, do we go after success so we can be authentic on the back end? Mm. Or do we let our authenticity like stumble into success? Mm. Do we lead with our wounds instead of our wins, Jeff? <laughs> and so that, that week, I think legitimately, Jeff, you like came back it was at a camp that we were playing yeah. went back to his room and literally stayed in there like all day <laughs> yeah. and well we got the feedback from those songs and it was just like, like why are we doing this it's crushing yeah and yeah. so i literally just went to bed <laughs> it yeah. was like just laid there for hours <laughs> i remember <laughs> i remember him and i are sitting outside trying to work on something and jeff comes out and goes let's try this or something like that and, <laughs> and like he came out and like had a we had like a 30-minute conversation about like why are we doing this and, and feeling alone. And feeling alone. It's like, well, let's write a song about that. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just see what happens. And yeah. I mean, for me, this is by far my favorite, most favorite song we've ever written. Um, yeah, it's I, interesting too, because when we first started talking to like people in the label circle, I remember meeting with Andy Osanga and he was talking about like Christian music and how he's like, I would love for people to just write a song about friendship mm-hmm. or like a song about family or like something like a song from, you know, a Christian worldview per se but doesn't necessarily it's not like talking to god or it's, it's not, not article, like about like god yeah and we were like oh we would never do that Psych. Lo and behold. <laughs> here it is i don't yeah. know why mcdonald's i don't know McDonald's. well i think what's really powerful about everything Time for an ad. <laughs> oh, there they go that's a big sponsor I feel like right there what's really powerful about what you guys are expressing is kind of these crisis moments of which i've heard it said i'm not sure 
where I heard this, but the idea of crisis in its like etymology means sifting. So this idea of like these sifting moments of like making these choices, these critical choices of are we going to lead with our wins? Are we going to leave with our wounds? Are we going to be honest about how we're feeling and experiencing shame, connection with each other? Or are we going to act like everything's okay and just grind, like plow through? And I think what's so important to recognize in these moments, and this has to do with loneliness, but more about vulnerability, but vulnerability mm. is the cure to totally, loneliness. So totally. the idea of like the sifting. So basically at the end of the day that God does not call us to be successful, but mm-hmm. he celebrates our fruitfulness. So what are we going to place our value in? Mm-hmm. And if we see like the idea of fruit with the fruit of the spirit, like, are you guys loving each other? Are you loving mm-hmm. your people at shows? Are you experiencing peace and joy and faithfulness? Are you feeling whole and centered? And um, are you aligned with God's heart? If so, then like, that's the goal. Totally. You know what I mean? And that is something that I've seen in my own life when I start valuing fruitfulness. It leads me into connection with other people yeah. and away from loneliness and into community. But if I start valuing success, and I know that you guys have talked about radio singles because that's in your world, but that can transfer into anyone's Anything, world. yeah. If you're an accountant wanting to become a manager, if you're wanting to be, even be a better mom and compete with moms on Instagram, stuff yeah. like that, that if you're valuing success, then ultimately you're going to be valuing your own self-preservation over anything else, yeah. which shuts yeah. down vulnerability yeah. and yeah. then prevents you from connecting with others. Yeah. So I think that's really powerful that as a band, you guys have been going through that, through these crises moments, the Honda Center. That sticks with me. It's going to be in my mind now because <laughs> everyone's experienced that. Yeah. And these moments where you're thinking like, oh, this is this is going to be it. This is going to be our moment where we're going to like yeah. go. We're going to play this amazing show, whatever. And then they're like, actually, you're on this stage outside. It's going to be raining and you're underneath the tent and 20 people are going to come. <laughs> Those disappointment moments. Then that's just kind of where you. <laughs> no, I was not there. But those moments where you have to decide like, okay, am I going to let, I talk, I talked about ego earlier, but am I going to let like this ego self go forward and protect me? Or am I going to be vulnerable with, with God and vulnerable with one another and just allow this to actually deepen our connection through a shared experience, which is really powerful. Yeah. What started off as our podcast now transferred over to Savannah's podcast. I'm sorry. No. I do kind of turn into therapist. <laughs> no, it's good. You, know, I love you it. can tell I've been to therapy since you <laughs> Love it. Um, going back to kind of your season of being in Atlanta, what were what were some steps that you started to take? Not that you're like cured of loneliness ever yeah. now, but and we aren't either. Um, but just thinking through like maybe what were like some of those first steps? Like, I mean, it sounds like your first step. Billy. Billy, yeah. <laughs> Billy down the street. Behind Billy. your Billy. Yes. <laughs> um, and then you talked about, you know, leading with your wounds on social media, like. Which everyone isn't necessarily going to need to air out their like lives on social media. I think that there's definitely like a wisdom and discernment factor there. I had been writing online since, since like 2010. Like I've almost been writing for 10 years and everyone isn't meant to. Totally put their scars out there and wounds. I, that's yeah. definitely a calling piece for me, right. but everyone is meant to lead with their wounds. Right, you do need yeah. to acknowledge, like, when we say don't, you know, it's not healthy to project a false lifestyle, the flip side or, like, the only other option is not to just, like... Be a bleeding heart. Right, right. We can still be honest, 
but also know that there is some information that's just for our closest friends. And even when you're on social media, like being really vulnerable or in moments that we have, like there are still things that I'm, I'm keeping to myself, Mm -hmm. not to hide from people, but to just share with the people that really know me. Exactly. And I like everything that I, to this day, share a goes through Todd because I got myself in trouble last year. And he was like, I'm filtering everything you say from here on out. <laughs> so everything, nothing is new information to my friends, which yeah. is very important. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people when they're in so draw. much pain, just want someone to listen to them. And they're so yeah. desperate to be heard and seen that they just bleed online. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, it's not like a judgment towards those people. Yeah. It's just those people, I think that their loneliness, they're trying to cure with zeros and ones that are just floating out in the universe somewhere. But I think there's something powerful about going with your friends. But for us, honestly, like the loneliness thing changed when we changed scenery. And Mm -hmm. I I think that's not true for everyone. But for us, our lives in Atlanta weren't working. Mm -hmm. And we were, I felt like we kept on pushing and pushing. I don't know if you guys watch Friends, but Chandler says at one point, stop the Q-tip when there's resistance. Like when you're trying to clean out your, like I felt like we just kept on pushing and pushing and there was resistance and we wanted so badly for it to be working and it just wasn't. Mm. So when we kind of stopped trying to force what we thought our lives were supposed to look like and surrender to what God was wanting us to do, I mean, literally within like weeks, God was like, move back to Nashville. At that point, Todd did not have a job lined up and we just knew that we needed to get out. So change of scenery was huge. Yeah. And then I met you beautiful people in August of that year, August of 2016. So I was like literally smack dab in the middle of the worst season of my life. And then, <laughs> but I actually related a lot to what you both said about kind of feeling like you walk in, everyone else are friends and you're, you're not. I definitely, I felt like that or that whole season, but definitely at that retreat too. I just, it, and it just shows that loneliness goes with you into every room. Yeah. It's like, a, it's a mentality and a wounding. But anyway, so um, in 2017, in January of 2017, I had this pivotal moment um, on New Year's Eve of 2016 where I, there was this New Year's Eve party that all of my friends were invited to and I wasn't. And I was at another party with my friends, with other friends, and I was doing great, looked on social media, saw this party of all these other people, and immediately felt shame, loneliness, Mm -hmm. whatever. And I felt like God was like, other people are feeling the same way right now. Why Why don't you do something about it? And it was this moment for me where I felt this spur towards action. So I just kind of put on my Instagram the next day, if you're lonely and want to come to my house for a Bible study, we're going to do one. And so I invited these random, I have never met any of them. I made my best friend come because I was like, I need a wing woman here. I literally invited whoever wanted to come to my house to come to my house. And it turned into this thing we still meet every Monday. So it's been a year and a half. How and many, we still meet. How many people showed up? A lot more than could fit in my house. That's so amazing. So I had to wow. basically split it up into two months. So the first month we did, I think, 12 people. The second month we did 15, and then I just had to cut it off. But then another group started from that group because there were just too many people. My That's house is amazing. very small. So now 10 girls, we meet every single Monday and have been doing it for a year and a half. And um, I think what the step, the action step would be was that I stopped trying to look at people who I felt like were so popular or 
kind of had their own built-in set of community and I stopped trying to join in with them because at the end of the day, they had full dance cards. Like you can't ask super busy people to hang out because they're super busy. Yeah. So for me, I was like, then why don't a bunch of lonely people hang out because we have <laughs> nothing else to do. And it ended up being like, they are, they're my best friends. It's wow. so weird. It was just this transformative moment for all of us where all of us were kind of in this space of like transition, job transition, yeah. church transition. And it was the most healing thing. Yeah, so I don't know I if, if any the, of your listeners have Instagrams the, with, with a bunch of only followers, <laughs> but it works for me. Also, I mean, like, uh, I think it was on February 14th of this year you posted, uh, I think in your stories. About our fight? No, about oh, okay. uh, wanting to, like, there's people that are lonely, and if you want to donate $5 to Starbucks. Yeah. And, like, you're taking action, like, also in this Bible study, but, like, taking action to create community. Mm-hmm through your Instagram mm-hmm. and right, it's using these things that could be potentially so damaging, and but so redeeming them and using them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, honestly, when you think about Instagram, when it first came out, mm-hmm. it was all pictures through your eyes mm-hmm. and what, like where you're at, what you're seeing. And then the camera flipped at one point. Mm-hmm. And now, mm-hmm. uh, like it's cool seeing what you're doing and seeing that you're, you're enabling people to kind of be a part of Something. Something. Yeah. And I, when I saw that, I was like, I love this so much. It's, it's powerful. I definitely feel like that's, I agree. I, I felt like that was a good moment too, where I just thought February 14th, like Valentine's Day, a lot of girls and guys try to play it off and be like, oh, it's fine. I hate Valentine's Day. I would hate if someone brought me flowers. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> defense mechanism. Liar. <laughs> I know, so true. Um, I remember one time, as a side note, I went to a John Mayer concert and he was playing at Bridgestone and he sang the song Perfectly Lonely. He opened it up by saying, who else in here is happy being alone and happy they don't have anyone because the whole song is perfectly alone and I don't belong to anyone and nobody belongs to me. So everyone starts like yelling yeah. all the single people and he literally went, you're all liars. And started just like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, yes. true words have never been said. John but there was this moment where on February 14th, I thought, okay, what's a way, my friend Hannah had done it uh, a couple of days prior. And I thought, what's a way that people will get something in their hands that they yeah. can touch that someone from California got someone in Nebraska, a Starbucks drink. Right. And yep. this idea that you're connecting real people with each other um, as much as you can digitally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that would be a cool way to for everyone, but definitely as a band with y'all's thing, like connecting people and figuring yeah. out what's a way that I can use this in a way that doesn't have a bunch of people in their rooms at midnight, just like yeah. scrolling through each other's pictures, but actually helping them interact with each other. And the blessing of the buy one, get one free that day. Dang, it was like a double portion. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> when I found that out, I was like, this like, I think it was like $350 by the end of it or something. I was like, this is $700 worth of Starbucks. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Except hopefully they went with someone to get a drink or else they just walked out with two drinks. Double Frappuccino. I'm like, I'm not judging the girl. Put it in the freezer for later. <laughs> doing a double Put it in the frapp- freezer for later. <laughs> in like Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> that's probably 1% is like, I'm going to get a pastry too. <laughs> I did. I love, so you can see, you can't see what people bought through the app, but you can see what the prices were. And everyone's were like six bucks because I'm guessing everyone just yeah. got like a venti latte. And then someone had gotten like $13. And I was like, you either got two drinks or you just bought a pastry. <laughs> yeah, okay. I deserve this today. <laughs> no you judgment. You. You I love you. it. Uh, so, well, to kind of wrap up our conversation, I feel like we could 
go forever. And it it kind of leads into what next month will be about, which is more a season of community and a season of friendship. It just shows how interlinked these all are, mm-hmm. like yeah. the importance of community um, and how acknowledging our loneliness and taking active steps can then push us yeah. into seasons of community. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're not, this is not a season that, uh, a season of community, which is what we'll talk about next month, doesn't just fall in your lap. No. Like, it can, for it sure. Can, like yeah. maybe you move geographically somewhere, um, but it takes work to do. Yeah. Um, and one more thing about that, mm-hmm. and then we can close it. But the idea of something falling in your lap, it just hit me to this moment where, if you're experiencing loneliness, recognizing that there's nothing wrong with you yeah. is so important. Recognizing that means that your heart's still open to relationships. Yes. But also recognizing, like how I said when I went to the retreat, I was just so lonely. And that is kind of what I was um, so used to experiencing at that point that I brought that wounding in with me, yeah. even to people who are nice, you know? Yeah. And recognizing that you have to do the work and the healing with you and God. Yeah. And saying, God, like, okay, I have this wounding, I have this loneliness, where I feel maybe shame that was triggered from it or fear that I'm never going to have friends or that I'm not good enough or guilt about people that I said no to, that that to me it needs to be healed between you and God because yeah. otherwise you're just going to bring that in with you no matter where you go. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. So go ahead. Um, I was going to ask for a closing thought, but that was like a really good. Yeah. <laughs> Do the work with you and God, yeah. you know, and recognizing too that Jesus, I love, love, love that the Bible calls Jesus our older brother, which is amazing. And our best friend. Yeah. Where no matter what, like people aren't going to cure our loneliness. God heals us of that. He heals us through people. Yes. But it's ultimately the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that you can put the pressure on your friends to heal you of loneliness. You actually have to do that work with God and embrace what God's trying to do through your friends. For instance, your study that you guys meet up every Monday. Like, I'm sure there's so much healing that's happened in that group. Absolutely. But but those girls, they, they were not the ones that cured me of my loneliness. It was... God's activity and work through them. Because otherwise the pressure would just be too high on everyone else to make me feel not alone. Yeah. But when I realized we're all lonely, we're all in this space, let's like seek God together. Then there was this unity that formed from that. But I think a lot of the times when you're lonely, you walk into a space and you're like, heal me of this, cure me of this. And it's not their place. Yeah. I I think the spiritual side is definitely a key ingredient to that because even when I was thinking through it, um, you know, if the Lord is all that we have, are we okay? Yeah. You know, and I think scripture is clear about, you know, that that Jesus is enough for us. But at the same time, God created human beings and said it wasn't good for man to be alone. Yeah. So that there there is that blessing of community, and that's how we can look at friendship um, as not the cure to a lo- loneliness, but um, a very tangible blessing that God gave us to experience that, that friendship. I love that. Um, well, Savannah, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, where can people find you online? On my Instagram probably is the best place. Right. Um, and I've lost my, I don't remember what the handle is. So give me one second. Sorry, you're going to have to edit this. (laughs) Okay. On my Instagram and my handle is Savannah underscore luck with an E. S-A-V-A-N-N-A-H, like the city in Georgia, and underscore L-O-C-K-E. And it's she's definitely worth following. B 
because she's a beautiful person, not because she has a fun life. Yeah. Even though you do have a fun life. On occasion. On occasion. <laughs> On occasion. Um, but she's also releasing incredible music. So please check her out on whatever music platform you use. Um, in fact, she got some like major playlisting in the last couple of months, How which was great. is that? People were like, who did you like hire to do your Spotify? I was like, Todd and I don't have money to hire people. Like who, who would we which hire? Which shows this is not about loneliness, but God will do whatever he wants to do. It is it, so He true. will literally do whatever he wants literally, to do. Literally when a guy from a music label texted me that morning, it, I got on this playlist called New Music or New Release Friday or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it has like 3 million or it has so many yes. followers. Literally, a guy from a label texted me that morning and was like, congrats on your on New Music Friday. I literally said, what is New Music Friday? <laughs> I had you no f- idea you what You found out at that text. Yeah. Oh, I woke up and it was the first text I looked at. And I was like, what is New Music Friday? And he was like, the Spotify playlist. And I still, it didn't register because I'm not in y'all's world. Like, yeah. I work at a doctor's office. Right. So whenever it got on that playlist, I was like, dang, God, you're going to do whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to yeah. do. Whatever he wants to do. It's amazing. So please go check out her music. Um, we're really grateful that we got to have you as part of this yeah. conversation. Yeah, thanks, Savannah. Um, as a reminder, this conversation is centered around um, what we're looking at or what we've been looking at for the past month, which is seasons of loneliness and looking at that through the lens of our song that we released called Friends. Um, you can find that song on any streaming platform. We've also released our music video already, so you can check that out. Um, but if you're just finding us and you, you know, want to be connected with us in terms of like the conversations that we're having this year, you can find us on um, social media. FA Seasons is where we are, Instagram, Twitter, blah, 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 blah. And if you want to know more about how you can support us this year and be a part of what we're doing in a deeper sense, then make sure to check out what we're doing on Patreon. It's just patreon.com backslash FA Seasons. Uh, did I forget anything? Killed That's it. it. Great job. Great. Well, we love you all. And until next time. See bye. Ya.